0: Yo, what's going on? It's your boy Kaz here once again for the Say Less Podcast. Thank you so much for subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google, Podbean, wherever the hell you get your podcast. I don't care. I appreciate it. I'm a sucker for downloads. I'm a whore for downloads. So doesn't matter where you get this damn show at. I'm just glad that you listen to it. So shout out to all you guys that have been subscribing, rocking with me from day one. We are on our 24th episode of... Of the, no, twenty-four. my bad, 25th episode of the Say Less Podcast. And this is a good one because I got one of my good friends, Kevin Clancy of Barstool Sports, on the episode today. He is the creator and founder of Answer the, Answer the Internet, a great YouTube series that has some of the funniest, most famous people in the world answering the literal dumbest questions on the Internet. But it's goddamn good content. Um, on top of that, uh, he's the host of KFC Radio on Barstool Sports. Uh, one of the longest-running radio programs on that network. And in addition to that, uh, I, I really wanted to have this combo with him because, as you can tell, you haven't gotten my thoughts on the first two episodes of The Last Dance on ESPN, chronicling Michael Jordan and the 1997 and ninety-eight Chicago Bulls team, uh, the final team that won the championship uh, in that franchise's history, um the third th- I mean the second three-peat of that era the Michael Jordan era uh it's appointment television if you haven't seen it I-, I don't know what rock you're hiding under but probably get to a tv and check it out before you uh listen to this episode but we take a nice little deep dive into it all the big players into it Michael Jordan Scottie Pippen Jerry Krause Dennis Rodman and then uh we get into some barstool stuff as well so Without any further ado, Emilio Sparks, you know what to do, man. Hit the motherfucking music. I'm sorry, we got breaking news coming in right now from Adam Schefter of ESPN.com. Wow, the New England Patriots have agreed to trade Rob Gronkowski to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a deal that reunites... The retired tight end with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. According to, uh, your boy, Adam Schefter, uh, yeah. it's according to your boy, Adam Schreffler. Ron Garkowski's agent, Drew Rosenhaus said Tuesday on Sports Center that the five-time pro bowler has been, quote, really invigorated physically since he retired from football nearly a year ago. Quote, he tells me he feels fantastic, the best he's ever felt, and his, his weight is back up to 260 pounds. He passes physical today with flying colors. He's just really excited about playing football again and being in Florida is exciting for him. Gronkowski also told Fox Sports in a text message, quote, I'm back. I always said when I have the feeling and it feels right, I'll be ready to take the field again. And I had that feeling. I'm ready. Rob Gronkowski is only 31 years old, guys. So... He's got a whole lot of football left in him if that's what he wants to do. Granted, he did go through a lot of injuries in the past couple of years. He looked a little worn down the last time we saw him. But obviously, his body's been fresh outside of being the WWE 24-7 champion. Rob Gronkowski has uh, you know, been a very big advocate of uh, cannabis and uh, weed and just to deal with a lot of those injuries and CBD. He's been selling a lot of CBD as well. He did a whole Uh, campaign earlier this year for the Super Bowl um, where he had like the Gronk party and, and gave a bunch of stuff out so shouts to him got to play and also with the new collective bargaining agreement it also says that they will not be testing for marijuana anymore or the, uh, the, the penalties for it have been significantly reduced. So for a guy like Rob Gronkowski, who's played such a physical, demanding, uh, position in football and doesn't want to get hurt anymore and does not want to, uh, You know, results of pills and results of all these other things that have, uh, you know, really marred the league and really shown uh, the ugly side of football after you're done playing. Um, I feel like Gronk really made out like a bandit right now, man. Like, I feel like he's, he's kind of on the up and up. Not even kind of. He definitely is on the up and up, man. He gets to reunite. With the only quarterback he's ever caught passes from, Tom Brady. Um, You know, Brady is loading up the troops right now in Tampa Bay, and uh, I really can't believe that this trade is actually going through. Some more details trickling in as we speak. Gronkowski turns 31 next month and has one year and $9 million remaining. On his current deal with the Patriots. So he's coming for kind of cheap. So the New England Patriots will receive the fourth round pick in this week's NFL draft. And the Buccaneers will also receive a seventh round pick in the trade. Uh Gronkowski said the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were the only team he was willing to end his retirement for. And he said, well, actually his agent, Drew Rosenau, said playing with Tom Brady is obviously huge. He said Gronkowski contacted him about joining Brady shortly after the star quarterback left the Patriots for the Buccaneers last month. Quote, shortly after Tom Brady went to Tampa, Rob and I had a conversation that this is a situation that would be appealing to him. Rosenhaus obviously said that this was a deal that the New England Patriots had to feel good about. Tampa also had to feel good about. And this wasn't just all about Rob. All the parties involved had to be in agreement. So Tom Brady gets Goodwin Evans. Howard, my gosh. And now Rob Gronkowski in that receiving core. That line is solid. Got Cameron Brate also. Uh, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, I already mentioned him. I'm, it's crazy right now. It's crazy that this is all kind of trickling in. And, uh, you know, we really didn't understand what Brady was doing when he finally left New England after the the season that was where everybody kind of had the feeling that he was going to be out. And he looks like he's not ready to rebuild. He's ready to reload. Uh, the Buccaneers look solid as hell. Um, defense is all right. They went 7-9 last year, like we said in the earlier episodes. But with the addition of Brady, the addition of Gronk, and the subtraction, I guess, of Jameis Winston, and with the Super Bowl being in Raymond James Stadium this year, I mean, obviously, Vegas is probably going to have a lot to talk about when it comes to making Tampa Bay Buccaneers the overall favorite going into the next year. But, obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs are still out there in the AFC. The New Orleans Saints are right there in his, in his own division. Um, you got to go through those guys if you want to get into the playoffs. I mean, the Carolina Panthers, they got Christian McCaffrey, they got Teddy Bridgewater over there to, who seems to be taking over the duties for Cam Newton. Um, there's a lot happening in that NFC South. And, you know, it may not be the cakewalk that our Brady might be used to in the AFC East. Granted, the Buffalo Bills got a little better that last year, but you know how the Jets are. You know how the Miami Dolphins are. You could always pencil in the Patriots going to, to to take over that division. And a lot of people might consider the Patriots still the favorite in that division without Tom Brady even in there, because as long as they got Bill Belichick, seems like they always got a chance. So right now the Patriots own the number 23 pick in the draft, and they don't pick again until 87 overall in the third round. Round news of Tuesday's trade impacted futures betting on the Buccaneers at Caesars Sportsbook, where Tampa Bay's odds of winning the Super Bowl improved from 17 to 1 to 14 to 1. The Bucks' odds of winning the NFC also slightly improved 8 to 1 to 7 to 1 at Caesars. I don't know how much help you want to get this man, Tom Brady, but you know what? Good for him. Good for him because I'm a guy who's always kind of talked about him being the system quarterback and, you know, he can't really go do it on his own and, you know, he needs a system to to play to his strengths and protect him and keep him upright. And this isn't really doing anything to change my mind on that. You know, he's kind of loading up the Avengers right now down in Raymond James Stadium to try and make one more crack at a Super Bowl to get his what would be his record-breaking seventh championship ring at quarterback, um, I'm more power to Brady, man. I'm more power to Brady. That dude says jump. Seems like every receiver in the world that says how high. Even Antonio Brown, who couldn't win for losing throughout his, this entire season, was trying to get his act right to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But apparently Bruce Arians was not having that shit. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about that as the news comes in, but obviously we got our guest, uh, KFC, Kevin Clancy of Barstool Sports, um, Emilio, I know I said this before already, but shit, have you ever done, have you ever told him to hit the music twice in one episode? We're going to break a record, fuck it. Emilio, one more time, with feeling from the top, that was breaking news of Rob Garkowski joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so now we can get to my boy Kevin Clancy so please Sparky hit the motherfucking music again obviously this past weekend was huge for us people dying for sports content because obviously one of the longest most uh I want to say anticipated documentary series ever uh, made his debut, and I purposely waited to talk about it because I wanted to get somebody who I really enjoy, somebody I really respect, and uh, somebody who I know wasn't going to bullshit me with a with a, with a, with a, with a sporty answer with one of those... You know you know how it goes when you're talking to these people, like, oh, well, you know, this guy isn't nice that guy, right? So, obviously, um, he's, he's a good friend of mine. If you listen to uh, KFC Radio on Barstool Sports, he's the host of that. And uh, if you love... Those answer the internet videos that are just just money every single time they hit the internet. He's the creator and producer of that as well. Good friend, good friend of mine. Hold on, let me make sure my mic is on. The mic is right. Yes, we are good. Right, Everybody make some noise uh, for I guess, you know, the 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 make-believe audience <laughs> over there. Kevin Clancy, what up? What up? What up? How you doing, man?
1: I'm flattered. Quite the intro, and I'm uh, I'm very honored to be talking uh, MJ with you. I'm I'm pumped that I was your your choice for that. So thank you very much.
0: Yeah, man. You know, it's one of those things where uh, you know, it's it's not your typical sports documentary. It's kind of something that you know if. I've I've followed you for a while, and, you know, we kind of know what what, what each of us do and how we talk sports. And we've always heard these stories through the grapevine, and we've always, like, kind of had these, like, sort of, uh, I want to say, urban legends about this team and the people around Mm -hmm. it and what Michael Jordan was really like. And now we finally get to sit on it, and not just in a time where, you know, the, the finals are going on, the playoffs are going on, all this other stuff. All of the focus has literally been on this oh, documentary. Yeah. So I have not seen hype like this.
1: I'm trying to I'm trying to I, I, the past few days I've been trying to think of something like forget about, you know, scripted TV, the Game of Thrones finale and shit like yeah. that it can be huge. As far as like a documentary or a, a special or, or something like this, I can't think of anything that had the hype this had. I mean, it was like that Sunday when I woke up. Until it aired, that's all I saw on social media Everything. from people from basketball diehards, and then you know, like people who are in like the celebrity gossip world are talking. Like it was nothing but MJ and the Bulls. So I- I'm wondering how much of that is Jordan and his stature, and how much of it is the quarantine right now. Because as as dope as I think it would have been to do the every other night with the finals, like it was originally planned, right. Right. I think having it be like this, this like cultural event. And now spread out over what five weeks? Um, I, I, I prefer it this way. I love it. I, I feel like it gives us something each week to look forward to. We're back in like the old school days of you know watching something on TV at appointment time with commercials and yeah. live tweeting. So I, I'm happy. Uh, you know, again, everything I say is always with the disclaimer of like I know this is a tough time for people. Like you said, in trying to that in there, I got to sprinkle it in before you say but, anything. <laughs> but that being said, some of like the silver linings or unintended consequences that come out of it, such as
0: this being such a cool event, is is pretty enjoyable. Absolutely. And and it's almost like I told my girl, like, yo, this is my roots. This yes. is my like stone. Yes. I'm like, yo, I I I every Sunday from this time to this time. Yum. Don't speak to me. Like, yeah. Don't even like. This is our and, this is our
1: bachelor or our whatever.
0: Like fucking. Exactly. You know. Exactly. You go do your thing and leave me alone for a little bit. But she was all right. So boom. So so maybe you could like help me with this, right? So like, we got the link. We got the link for the for the whole docu series, right? Ooh. And it's kind of been like this dilemma that I've been having for for the past like twenty four hours. Is like, Whoa. do you watch it? Like, do you? It's it's in my hard drive right now. Like I downloaded Shit. it. And I've been staring at it like, yo. Do I want to do this to myself? Don't do it. Don't do it. Exactly. It's like, know, it. yo, yo. You waited. You right waited. Now. I'm just like, baby. You don't. Year. understand.
1: We waited 22 years for this shit. You can wait another five weeks, bro. Don't do it to yourself. You're gonna. gonna it's 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 killing me. It's I know. Like, I know. Because there's there's nothing better than knowing some shit that other people don't know, right? Like, yes, if, yeah. if right now you could be like, yo, guys, wait for episode three or four. Wait till you see what Isaiah says. Wait till you see what the Pistons did. Then it'll feel good. But if, when Sunday rolls around, you're going to hate yourself.
0: I feel like in any other circumstance, like if, if, if business was as usual and like it was the one of those things where like, okay, we're giving select screeners to people right, we like. right. Play. I would be shitting on everybody. I'm yeah, like, yo, yeah. wait until episode four, episode five. But now it's like, yo, I have nothing, nothing. to look forward to.
1: You're just going to, you just, despite yourself, if you do this, what you should do is just let the people know, put it out there, flex on them a little bit. Yes, I do have access. Yes, I'm in. I got it like that. But I'm a man of the people and I will be there with you on
0: Sunday nights. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like that. it's, I haven't looked, like you said, there's no really no, no such thing as, as, uh, uh um, appointment television anymore. I mean, like, outside of, like, Game of Thrones, which, you know, sucked ass, and uh, just actual basketball games and football games, there's rare times you can get everybody in front of a television to watch something and react to something at the same time. And almost that part, and I guess... Just missing that era of television is worth it to me than like a few extra weeks of being like, yo, an yeah. episode four, Dennis Robin, like you know, Mrs. Right. Cranny or something, right, like, know, right, right.
1: You know? And honestly, <laughs> I was, I was stunned. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say stunned. I guess it was more like I was, I was thrilled with how live tweetable that shit was. Like right. I, I, I must have fired off like. 30 tweets in two hours because like, it was just commentary on every single thing. And if you're that guy who's like, I knew that was coming. Yo, yeah, I already knew that part. It ain't the same, man. It's so, whack.
0: It's whack, it bro. I don't want do that. It. it don't feel can't the do same. It. it don't hit the same, man. Did it,
1: did, you, uh, did 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 you? one and two live up to the hype for you?
0: Yes, it yeah. did. Absolutely. I feel like, and I said this when it was happening, um, episode one, when they had the entire montage of Michael Jordan so LL Cool J's "I'm Bad" dropping sixty three on like any Celtics team, yeah. Like, yo, first off, I'm like, okay. I always knew that that was like a really good Celtics team, but it's like right. it didn't really hit me until I'm like really looking at the roster. I'm like, like four Hall of Famers: yeah. Larry Bird, Danny Ainge, Kevin McHale. Like loaded, the no. most probably the the most loaded that that Celtics team ever was. I mean,
1: they were, I would imagine. I I wasn't around. But I feel like that was probably the best team of all time. Yeah, yeah. At, at that point, right? I mean, at that point,
0: yeah. I know. I know. Bill Simmons says it a lot, and I remember. And it's only because, like, I remember during like that whole seventy three nine or 72-10, both teams. Which one is better? And he'd always say, "No, this Celtics team right. was the team that he always ran with." And I was, you know, I'm just like, whatever, Boston guy. But then, like, I'm sitting here, like, watching it. I'm like, holy shit, that holy team was like, was that like five Hall of Famers and like maybe yeah. one fringe guy? It's like that's. That. Fucking crazy. So basically, like I said, that montage alone was worth yep. the whole yep. documentary. And it's the first episode. I'm just like, fuck, I'm going to run through a wall. I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to go. I, yep. like, I, I want to go. I want to go to Target and buy a basketball hoop just now just to see if I could go in some
1: jumping <laughs> and, up. And it's because that got me so hyped. It's the tip of the tip of the iceberg. You know what I mean? I saw some fucking clown yesterday from Deadspin. I don't even know who still writes for them anymore. But he wrote, uh, why does this have to be 10 episodes? Why he was like, you know, the 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 history of Ken Burns' history of baseball was only like three episodes, and that chronicled all of history. Why does one team need 10 episodes? Because they were that fucking team. They were man. that team. They were those dudes, and I, I could watch 100 episodes On just the one season, let alone, you know, the whole history of it all. So the amount of detail that they got into in the first couple episodes, knowing there's eight more, I feel like it's just going to keep delivering each and every week.
0: Yeah, and I like the way they set it up where it seemed like they were going to have – they kind of tell everyone's individual story, right? Like so. There's the MJ episode, which is the first one, and then the Scotty episode, and then Scotty's uh, relationship with MJ. And I think episode three is going to be about Dennis Rodman. So let's, like, peel it back for... Buckle up, bro. <laughs> let's, let's peel it back. Let's talk about that. Uh, that that first episode, right? Yep. I... Along with many other people on social media, got a good couple of chucks off the Jerry Krause jokes, Woo. and you know, making fun of him and seeing, you know, that he was probably the inspiration for like the uh, the fat owner dude from Moron Mountain. Yeah, and then like I remembered, oh shit, like this dude's dead. I know, like, I forgot. I forgot.
1: <laughs> Thank God, I, it sounds terrible, but if he was alive and watched that last a couple nights ago, holy shit, I have never seen a documentary go worse for a dude. He yeah, like, got. Roasted
0: every single day th- Like, mind you, you got you got your your, your all stars making fun of you. Your all time coach, pretty much saying like, ah, eh, you know, he didn't really know all this type of shit, right? Do you think, in your opinion, that Jerry Krause is kind of getting a raw deal from behind the grave because all the jokes considered, he did some pretty like <laughs> you know, awesome off the wall like. He built the team of the 90s. like yes. He built around a shooting guard when that never really happened. He gave right. Phil Jackson his first head coaching gig. He found Scottie Pippen from what's bubble fuck Arkansas. Like, yep. all these things. I'm just like, damn, like, it's really fucked up. Like, is it's he different. really an asshole or are we just such Michael Jordan Mark? Well, no, see, yeah, just see, see that's him. the
1: thing. That's the thing because he was an asshole. He was a dick. <laughs> and, and if he wasn't. I think he would be regarded as the best G- best executive ever. I mean, the, the team that he built, yes, of course, you got to get lucky and get MJ. But that contract that was so heavily discussed uh, in episode two, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if you're a GM, that's the best fucking job anybody's ever done. You got oh, yeah. the, the second best player in the league, a
0: Hall of Famer on the cheap, 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 cheap. <laughs> Like that 30. is 3.2 mil a year. You're the sixth highest years? paid player on the team, and only by like margins. Like I know they have like, a little graphic where it's like Jordan 33.7 million Pierre. year. Then it was like Kukoc 4.2, Robin 4.2, Luke Longley 4.1, and then it got to Pippen it was like 3.6. So I'm just like Steve Kerr was nipping shit. at his heels, man. <laughs> like, oh my god! Like, but,
1: it's- I mean, I I feel like he. The reason it's not a raw deal is it was very much right there in plain, like, plain as day. He had Michael Jordan on this team wanting to continue to play.
0: Mm-hmm. He
1: had Phil Jackson on this team wanting to continue to coach. He was in the middle of a three and he was trying to break it down. He was the one being like, let's blow this shit up. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't Michael being like, you know, like a Tom Brady situation. I'm trying to move on. Yeah. It wasn't Phil like, it's time for me to retire. They wanted it. And he was talking about rebuilding. If you are using the R word, when you have MJ basically still in his prime and wanting to play and all the pieces in place and you just won a championship and you're talking about blowing it up, you're an asshole. You deserve all the fucking shame you get. I I would love to. I wish he was alive because I would love (laughs) to have heard his side of things for this. Because
0: if it was me, I'd be like, I don't give up. Fuck exactly. That's, rings. that's what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. look at the results, bitch. Six rings. Talk to me. Exactly. Right? You know, and like, yeah, it?
1: you know, go cry, go cry about fucking Scotty Pippen. He's the <laughs> one who signed that contract. I put it in front of him. I swindled him. That's how I was able to get Rodman and pay Kukoc and and you know, sprinkle the rest of that in there. So right. you know, say what you want about that situation. It feels like everyone sided with Scotty uh money-wise, but like as a GM, that's what you're trying to do,
0: man. Sometimes you know, you know like there a bunch of GM, GMs, like watching that clip and was like, "Oh man, poor Scotty." But on the side of, like, "God damn, how the fuck are you?" <laughs> yeah.
1: For real. I mean, you know, dude got lucky. Like, Scotty comes from poverty. had had two families, uh, two two family members, a uh, handicap. Wanted to get as much as he could right away. Signed a player friendly deal, a team friendly deal. I'm not gonna fucking go back on that if I'm Jerry Krause. All right, <laughs> bro.
0: Yeah, nah, I mean so so in his credit, right? So to, to continue on the Jerry Krause point, right? The one thing that even though I feel like you know he did what a GM's supposed to do and built a winner and all this other shit, like the one thing that he did say was, you know, players don't win championships, uh ownership and management does. Now I think that was kind of like the 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 end all be all of mm-hmm. course when it came to that team ever staying together past. That season. Um, Do you think he was kind of in the right for that, especially since they haven't since recovered?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, he he, he had that soundbite talking about how that was taken out of context. And they took out the word alone. Players don't win championships alone, you know, the front mm-hmm. office. And that's true. But, like, the best GMs are, are not the ones clamoring for credit. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and they do deserve it. And this the funny fucking part of it all for Jerry Krause is if he shut his mouth, he probably would have got it. Yeah. The articles the articles would have been like the unsung hero of of the three peats is mm. the guy behind the curtain. Like let's let's look at the wizard of Oz here. Let's look at the big architect because somebody would take interest in who's the short, fat, quiet, brilliant <laughs> genius behind the scenes. But they exactly. what they don't take interest in is Who's this Napoleonic, you know, fucking short guy syndrome asshole? So the credit he was so desperate to get, he would have got, I think, or at least a little bit more if he wasn't such an asshole. Um, So, like, it's kind of, you know.
0: I feel for him. I feel for him because it's like, you know, you're right. He was short and fat and they kind of made fun of him and, and they cracked jokes and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, Michael Jordan's still kind of a dick, right? Like, let's we'll not... See it. Let's we'll see, not, see it. It's not, not out like,
1: yet. Episodes, episodes, the first two episodes, he looked like an angel. It's coming. Exactly.
0: And 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 he's talking about, you know, when the when the, the initial episodes are starting to roll out, they're like, oh, you know, MJ wasn't sure if I was going to look, if people are going to think he's mean. And, like, the first two episodes, I'm like, you know, this doesn't look too bad. But then I remember, like, his Hall of Fame speech, too, mm-hmm. when he pretty much, like, Roasted everybody, but mm-hmm. saved like some of the biggest like venom for Jerry Krause. Where he was mm-hmm. like, "Yo, Jerry Krause, is here. sitting in the front row. I don't know who invited him. I don't know why he's here." And it just keeps going. Like you're, this yep. is this is like the culmination, yeah, of all of your accomplishments as an athlete. And this motherfucker is still like. It, MJ for all his credit, you know, greatest one of the greatest athletes of all time, one of the most talented, marketable motherfuckers of all time. But you got to feel like if he wasn't such an asshole to Jerry Krause, the rest of that team might have would have filed suit and maybe Jerry mm-hmm. Krause feels a little bit better by himself and doesn't need that credit. It and is top down. maybe they stay now, like, like it's real easy to just be like, oh my god, this fat fucking uh unappreciative asshole doesn't know when he has a good thing and he ruins it. But like, us not let's not take away. Let's not act like yeah. isn't a little bit at fault here too.
1: No, you're right. And and when you, I think that sometimes people watch these things as if you're not watching like human beings, right? These guys are like just separate from the real world and they're not. So think about, you know, your own situation at work, right? right. Or whatever, whatever you deal with, like, there's always someone you work with who's getting the credit, who's kind of an asshole, and you're like, well, what the – wait a minute. Come on. What about me? And, and this guy's a jerk, but nobody knows it. And, hey, if you knew this guy behind the scenes, you'd be saying something differently. So when you think about it, Jerry Krause was probably like, I work with an egomaniac who is like the greatest of all time but knows it and wants everyone to know it. Mm-hmm. I work with a guy – who signed a contract who agreed to a contract and won't stop fucking complaining about it. Like it's my fault. And I work with this guy, you know, from Montana, who's always talking about Zen and Buddha. And shit. Like, he's probably like, I've had enough of these Dennis yet. That's before we get to Dennis Rodman, that's before we get to the fucking craziest person of all time. So yeah. And that's why I say, I wish he was alive to at least give his side of it. I think that his, his personality and his demeanor was one that is just, it rubs people the wrong way. But Mm. for sure, he had his own ammo of being like, Jesus Christ, these guys are the fucking worst. (laughs) Everybody does, man. There's so many – when you're talking sports, entertainment, music, bands, TV shows, actors, all that shit, you always find out, like, oh, those guys didn't actually get along. And, and, you know, all this shit – you've been seeing all this shit about Ellen on on Twitter. Like, you know, everyone loves Ellen. What happened with Ellen? She's apparently a fucking monster, dude. Apparently she – yeah, she treats, like, everybody like shit. And so, you know, what, appearances are one thing, and when you know the real deal behind the scenes, maybe you have a different take on the whole thing. So, yeah, Krause, uh, uh,
0: when did he die? How, how long has it been? I, I, I want to say 2017. Yeah, it, wasn't well, that it was long. That
1: long ago. I was going to say, if he could have just held out a little longer, maybe he would have had his say.
0: <laughs> and they've had – and the fucked up shit is, right? Like, they've had this footage for a long time. Long time. And MJ went and, like, said, yo, let's do this. After the twenty sixth, was it twenty seventeen or twenty sixteen? No, it was, it was the sixteen. It was the it was parade day
1: for LeBron in Cleveland. When LeBron was getting all the shine, MJ was like, all
0: right, fuck it. Let's do it. Like, let's remind him. probably on his deathbed and shit. Like, you know what? (laughs) Love that. It's time to push that button. This is a complete psycho, but, you know, our favorite complete psycho, Michael. Ever, Yeah. Um, So uh, let's talk a little bit about Scottie Pippen as well, man. Like, obviously, with everything going on in his life and the contract and knowing that the team is about to break up. He purposely pushed back his, uh, I guess, Achilles surgery or some sort of tendon surgery in his foot to uh, rehab during the season because, quote, he wasn't trying to fuck his summer up, which I respect. <laughs> <The best laughs> oh, ever. I love your <laughs> thoughts on that. Was well, Scotty wrong for pushing back his surgery?
1: Uh, I mean, again, real life circumstances, right? Put yourself in his shoes. Mm-hmm. If you felt like you were grossly underpaid, severely underappreciated, Overperforming and one of the most important pieces of the puzzle, and not getting any love or any money. Are you going to go above and beyond for your employer? Are you going in early, staying late, working weekends? Are you giving up your vacation? Fuck no. So (laughs) I get it from his personal point of view. I get it. Being like, you get what you pay for, and you're only paying for, you know, for like a, a fifth of what I'm worth. So you get a fifth of the effort. But I also totally understood MJ's point of view, which is like, your contract is your business. Mm-hmm. You should have handled your negotiations better. That is not the, That has nothing to do with me. I'm here to win. And when it comes time to play, we should all be ready to play. And you're not. So I understood when he threw out the selfish word. I know a lot of people started complaining. Look at this guy. He makes 15 times what Scotty does, and he's calling him selfish. Yo,
0: that's not MJ's fault. Listen, and I remember those days, right? So, like – Scottie Pippen wasn't exactly starving. Like Nike was paying him a pretty right. penny to rock those sneakers. He had his own signature line. He Remember
1: them? Like, I saw you tweet about that. The Air yeah, Those, those,
0: those Pippins with the bubbles all around. I was like, yo, <sighs> that was like the one year. But I was like, the Pippins are better than Jordans. Yeah, like, yeah one yeah, year, yeah. right? Just is one year, but yo, right. I'm just like, I know they're trying to paint this picture of Scotty being like, you know, this, this, oh, hum, hum, Comedy you know, whole hum, like yeah. country boy with no money. I'm like, dude, like, granted. He signed the contract that he signed. Shout out to your agent. Whatever. Yeah, like yeah, like, like but he wasn't exactly starving. Like Nike no. was taking care of him pretty well.
1: I would rather be Scotty getting paid three, whatever, four million and with the Bulls in a dynasty mm-hmm. than getting paid like $13 million from Milwaukee or some shit. You know what bro, I mean? Like, he ended up getting his...
0: Chicago during All-Star Weekend. He got to walk around Chicago All-Star Weekend like he was God. Like, yeah, when they went to Paris... Every door people- he walked into. Mm-hmm. i like, bro, you're Scotty... Like, Granted, like this doesn't maybe happen if you take so much money and you can't afford a Dennis Rodman, you can't afford right. or, Longley or Ron Harper, all this other stuff. And, you know, it's easy to tell that to players when billionaires and owners are making all this money. Mm-hmm. So I get that. And when it comes to getting people paid, I'm always usually going to side with the players to get as to much get paid. I yeah. feel like they're underpaid. Right. But in this situation, I do kind of feel like they were they were – I do kind of feel like Scotty was kind of being a little bit of a bitch, dude.
1: They <laughs> went over they went, I'm sure that was, you know, I, I wanna know if that was really Scotty or maybe the producers, because they mm-hmm. definitely went hard on the like, whoa is Scotty. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he made more money than MJ ever did on the court. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he made a boatload of endorsements. Like we said, he was living the fucking dream. Like you were a beetle, bro. Like yeah, you know, no. Think about this. Think about this.
0: Like we don't really you know. ask where we don't ask where John Paxson is. We don't ask where right. where BJ Armstrong is. Right. Like you know how? Listen, a lot of times it's best to know your. There's a skill in knowing your limitations and yep. knowing your role. And Scotty knew his role mm-hmm. like better than anybody. He mm-hmm. knew he was number two. He knew he was the man. And this ain't even like a slide at him. It's like. We all know how good you were. When Jordan retired, you were probably the best player in the league at that point, right? Right, right. That being said, the, they, they, they kind of pushed a little bit hard on, like, For the whole Scotty sure. Scottie thing.
1: And, like and if you think about, like, the way Tom Brady's operated, where he basically did this on purpose, right? Right. He used big pay cuts so that the rest of the team could be good, and then we all win dynast- with championships. or a dynasty. We all make money. That's mm-hmm. basically what Scotty did. It was just kind of like against his will a little bit, you know. I mean? <laughs> he, wished, he he wasn't doing it out of the goodness of his heart. He did it because yeah. he was a little bit foolish with his contract, but that was still the end result. So look back on it and just be thankful that you were a part of the 72 and 10, the three peat, the greatness, like and then you you know, he still went on to Portland and Houston and got paid, paid. So mm-hmm. what are we really upset about here? I mean, he he
0: he did fine. He did and, and fine. Like look at yeah.
1: MJ's contracts. MJ had yeah. the same shit. It went like two, two and a half, three. 30. It was like, bam, bam. So, you know, you pay your your dues and then you get paid. And even
0: then, he he still might have been underpaid for the amount of value he was bringing to the league. You remember that? To that team.
1: When when they threw out 30 mil, like when I heard that deal, and at the time, like no one was talking, like even in the 20s and shit, I was like, That must be a typo. Like I saw the bottom line thirty. I'm like, no. Over how many years? One? What? One year. They said uh, they said adjusted to today's terms, it would be like fifty three mil,
0: which is
1: like, yeah, he's probably still underpaid.
0: You know, ridiculous, (laughs) fucking ridiculous, man. Uh, So 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 we're looking forward to the next episode and it's focusing more on Dennis Rodman and uh, there's certain episodes. I think uh, they 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 previewed it yesterday. And they said uh, right before that last season, Dennis wanted to go to rehab in Las Vegas, not mm-hmm. rehab, like drug rehab. Like he was nursing the injury and they said they let him go to Vegas. And MJ apparently told either Krause or, or Reinsdorf, like, hey, if you let this man go to Vegas, he ain't coming back. And in the next video you see, you see him on stages, yeah. mocking, doing drugs, drinking, all this type of shit. Like Dennis Rodman. Talk to me about him. Yep. How much of a fucking legend is this guy?
1: <laughs> I, I honestly, so I did a, uh, I got a small series of podcasts that I do. I haven't done one in a while called Storyboards, which right. is like that in-depth, like a, I think like thirty for thirty, but audio style, and then with like the barstool twist. So that's what right. I did. and and I did one for Rodman called In the Mix from you know you ever heard that that famous call he made in in, in uh yes. I mean, he calls into the radio show and he's basically getting his dick sucked while he's on the air. And he's like, "I'm so in the mix right now. Which is perfect. Like Robin was, like you said, mosh pits and party. And he was so in the mix. So I did a little bit of like diving into him. I think he is the most underappreciated like lunatic ever. Like I'm not talking sports. I'm not talking basketball. I think in humanity – he is one of the craziest motherfuckers to ever live, and when you really break down everything, like, like he started out as as like you know this this, this like nobody, tiny kid, never he was he was cleaning airport toilets for yeah. a living, and he grew something like like nine inches in a year, and all of a sudden it was like boom, you could be a basketball player. So he went from like nothing to a like JUCO guy to in the league to with the Bulls to a Hall of Famer. Post career reality shows and all that shit, and then ending up being like a pseudo ambassador to North Korea. Like, <laughs> you put it all into one sentence. He is so fucking crazy, and and I said in the podcast, I think the difference is he was always so nuts that you you don't appreciate how nuts he really was. So like right. I I'll use the example of A Rod. A Rod was. You know, squeaky clean his whole career for the most part, you know, he's like, a, you know, I work out, I do good, I want to win and trying to be mm-hmm. like a good guy. And then when he has his one screw up with steroids, it's a big deal because you went from like straight edge to, oh, shit, maybe not so much. Yeah, same thing
0: like with the Tiger Woods of the world. Same thing with Perfect. all these guys, right?
1: Yes, but when from Jump Street you are just crazy, then then it's like white noise. It's like if I could tell you tomorrow that you know uh, Dennis Rodman got mauled by a tiger because he like owns them in his house, and you'd be like, yeah, all right, that makes sense. You know, yeah, that, that
0: checks out. That checks yeah.
1: out. <laughs> you, just, you, you just you get used to it. It's like Manny being Manny in baseball. It's just like, yeah, this guy's crazy. But when you right. really start to look at the individual shit and how crazy he was, and how razor thin the edge was from basically being. Like, drug addict, dead or in jail, to NBA Hall of Famer and pop culture legend. Yeah. He's fascinating. I think he's one of the most fascinating people to ever live.
0: I put him in, like, that same kind of, like, box with, like, Mike Tyson. Yes. Where it's, like, you know, it could have went so, – like, the fact that he's still alive right now and you can hear these stories mm-hmm. first person is a miracle in itself, right? Yeah. Like, just – Judging from everything that's kind of happened in his life throughout this time, it's, yep. it's, really, it's really fucking miraculous. So when it comes to MJ and when it comes to Dennis Rodman, it comes to the Bulls and Pippen, somehow this guy stands out as the most polarizing of all of them, right? right. So, yep, which is crazy. <laughs> which is still nuts to me. So Rodman, had he not been on this team, had he not had that little bit of crazy, and I feel like – Every single year, he's kind of like almost set the standard for championship teams having that one crazy guy. Yeah, yeah, every championship team, every dynasty, every like legendary like football team, basketball team, baseball team have all had that one Tinge of crazy on there. You got your but word, I feel like like Dennis Robin made that okay. Yeah, for a lot of people, like I, I don't feel like I feel like if this would have happened like twenty twenty. And that, like, standard wasn't really there. I mean, you could kind of say, like, Draymond was that for Golden State. He wasn't as crazy as Dennis, but obviously, like, he was doing some shit that wasn't, you know, that was frowned upon, right? Right. Like, on the court, not off the court. Um, Same thing with, you know, you you, you got the Patriots that always had one guy that was just a little bit playing on the edge, a little too much, you Mm -hmm. know? Dennis Rodman in front of just not just, like, hooping, not just, like, his effort and the hustle and all that type of stuff. He made it okay to have one crazy dude on a great team, And I think that alone, like, makes his legacy. legacy untouchable. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I think uh, I think when you look at it, maybe maybe the worm was just ahead of his time. Because think right. about, like, you know, he dyed his hair and people were like, Whoa! Yeah. And, and he had a, a celebrity girlfriend with Madonna and Carmen Electra. And, whoa, now it's like, you know, you, in, if you're in the NBA, you're wearing jewelry, got your hair done, you're putting on wacky clothes, and you're dating a Kardashian. That's like 10 <laughs> guys in the league right now.
0: That's like the starter kit. Like, as soon as you get, welcome to the league, here's your Kardashian, here's your chain. Right, you're right. Have
1: <laughs> Yeah, so maybe, you know, maybe, uh, like, I, I remember it was an interview with Robin talking about David Robinson. David Robinson tried to sit him down and be like, you need God in your life. You need to go to church. And he was like, fuck off, dude. Get out of here. Because, <laughs> like, you just can't – Tiger can't change its stripes. Like, you want you want me to put up fucking 19 rebounds a game and play good defense? And never, never ask, ask for the ball, the ball ever. Yes. Yeah. Think about how lucky MJ was in the sense – what you said about Scotty, He had the greatest I'll-take-a-back seat guy ever. He had a dude who who gave him everything he needed on the other end of the court while never taking the ball out of his hands. That's the mm. best big three you can fucking think of right there. Yeah, so I, mean, I they, think – uh, They've been think,
0: trying to recreate that same big three throughout basketball. It's like get you a, a star. Yep. Get you a star player that complements his skills and get a third guy that just wants to do all the fucking dirty work. And nobody it's, did the dirty work better than that.
1: Nobody, man. And it's so valuable. And, like, and you know, he hustled so like – there was that, you know, I think the reason why MJ put up with his shit is because he was such a competitor, such a good teammate. Otherwise, like always did, you know, diving on the floor, getting in fights, elbows,
0: rebounds, all that shit. So and MJ would, he would test you. He would punk you. Yeah. And You know, you're not punking Dennis Rodman. No, no. That's another thing. Like, and
1: I, I think he said something like that last year. He, Phil and Michael, like didn't talk, but it wasn't like beef. It was just like. We don't really get along, but we're good, and we're just going to do our thing, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that nowadays everyone's got to get along, and you know it's got to be perfect chemistry. And back then it was just like, you do your thing, I'll do mine. We'll win championships. You don't have to be best buddies. Yeah. And I think Rodman deserves credit for you know just being awesome and, and being willing to do all that shit. But I think MJ deserves credit, and the reason why we've seen it on all these other teams is because, like, I think he let the other superstars of the world know, like, You got to, you got to like take some of these guys in and be willing to put up with like the warts to, to get, you know, the, the benefit of it all. So, you know, credit to both of them for, for doing kind of what I I think a lot of people would be afraid to do.
0: Yeah. And, and and you mentioned it a little bit just now, you said, uh, you know, now, nowadays, most teams need to get along. They always need to be, you know, hunky dory peaches and cream. And every time I was watching something on that documentary, it really turned into something where I was like, wow that wasn't so much different than what is happening right now. Right? I'm so happy with like,
1: that. I, was, I was actually mad at myself for just saying that because I felt like a cliche. Yeah. I fucking can't stand the, the new age versus the the old school arguments who had better competition and who played harder. When I when you hear that MJ was playing golf with Danny Ainge in the middle of a playoff series. In the middle of a playoff
0: series. <laughs> when
1: you hear that, that MJ was doing load management, when you hear that the, the Bulls were tanking for a pick, in the early and mid '80s, enough with that rhetoric. Like in addition, this to, in addition
0: to Michael Jordan publicly calling out his front office right after they won a championship, like, right, right, <laughs> still on. He's still dressed <laughs> in the champagne. He's, still, he's, still he's basically calling out front office. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those okay. things where it's like, I don't want to hear none of this shit ever again about, mm-hmm. oh, my God, look, MJ would have handled it like this. MJ never yep. had to do this. Kobe never had to do this. I'm like, that's all fucking bullshit. Oh, it's always it. been the think, same.
1: What do you think the new age basketball fan thought of this? I was wondering, like, if you're a LeBron stan or a Kobe stan, you're probably going into that looking for a way to discredit MJ and to prop mm-hmm. your boy up. Or maybe you're a LeBron hater and you're going into it being like, see, it was better this way back in the old days. Do you think that was good enough for people to to change people's minds? Do you think that there are like young LeBron kids who are like, shit, man, you know what? Maybe MJ
0: was the GOAT. I mean, here's my thing, right? Like, I feel like certain people that were watching it, you need that context to understand why the things that were being said about MJ at such a young age, it was so unprecedented, right? Like, you got – the things that stuck out to me immediately was, like, Bobby Knight, who's coaching him in, I guess, the U.S. Olympic Games. Um, he's still technically an amateur, and he's coaching him. And going into his rookie year, he's like, this is the best basketball player I've ever seen play. Bobby Knight is all it. it is, right? Called he hasn't it. even the NBA court yet, right? Right. James Worthy. Like show Tom Laker, like one yeah. of the greatest basketball players ever is like, yeah, I was the best player on the team for about two weeks. That was the best line.
1: So like <laughs> so, credit to him, credit to him for being humble enough to be like, Yeah, I had a good two-week run.
0: Yeah, right. no, and it's grade, grade. I don't, I don't think these 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 young guys, I mean, I would hope they do, but like at least do your research where you got Bob Knight, James Worthy, Larry Bird called him God after like right. his, I mind you. This is, what, his second season in the postseason. He missed nearly all the second season, right? So he's basically still a rookie. He hadn't played right. that many games yet. Right. Before Larry Bird, your four-time MVP at the time, probably going for another championship ring with one of the greatest teams ever, at that point is saying, like, that was God playing basketball. Not a um, God. Not a basketball God. Him. like The God that we all worship and look up to, like, <laughs> He's he's yeah. that in the MJ4 like it reminds
1: me of uh, when when the Rockets played the the Magic early on when, during MJ's retirement and Akeem was talking about Shaq and he was like I'm so happy I'm gonna be long gone when this kid hits his prime because he's a fucking problem like same shit here where those guys were like. Yeah, you know, we like we're lucky we got ours because it's it's over. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. You know, he's gonna have to go through the Pistons next, but after that, it's a fucking wrap. Yeah, that's. I mean, yes, LeBron was on you know Sports Illustrated when he was like six months old, and he's getting all that praise. But like, you got to remember that was that was MJ first, and right. if, if the media was the way they are now for MJ, it probably would have been even crazier. I, I, I think that people are still t- too stubborn on the internet to ever admit that they're wrong or change their minds. But I wonder if, you know, after these 10 episodes, if people will be sitting back like quietly, like, all right, shit. Like you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's more of an argument than I thought, you know.
0: I mean, here's here's my thing. The way I've always I've 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 started to turn my tide to like LeBron being the GOAT only because I'm looking straight skill-wise, right? right. Like I'm looking at like Michael Jordan six six about a, a buck ninety, mm-hmm. LeBron James six eight, two forty. They're pretty similar in in sort of skills and accomplishments and stuff like that. If I'm starting and taking them at both of their physical primes, who do I want? Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I, I judge it out of. Mm-hmm. But I'm still looking at MJ now, and and especially young MJ. Like old old savvy fadeaway post up MJ is probably like aesthetically pleasing. But young MJ was just such a fucking force. Like, just, he was like one just like he was just like one just like twitching muscle with limb. Like, he had you know? no body fat on him. Like, you, you would see him getting, like, hat held on, just go right, right in the air. And those, still those fucking layups, like, man. The, top, the backboard. like, how in the fuck are you doing this? And it's yeah. like, okay, just because the dude's not 6'8 and built, like, a linebacker that plays basketball doesn't mean, like, he still wasn't an athletic fucking freak. Not but even not- at that time. Like, you dropped that prime MJ in the game right now. Right now. And he's still... Get, especially the way he just drove to the basket and no one could stop him and yep. if he raised up for a jump shot no one was blocking him like right? it, it was just no just shot. watching him man and it's like okay maybe i maybe i maybe i got a little, a little too hype on the lebron you know he's the goat <laughs> campaign yeah. because know, all, that's all this head. came back to me now and it's like it wasn't like he was beating scrubs. Like No. That's the that team won 62 games. Like, dude, everybody, that Sonics team was all-time. That Sonic team with Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, these are all-time teams that he was getting out of.
1: Dude, the, the, the Suns. I didn't realize how good that Suns team was that he beat. So I, I saw somebody uh, – it went viral the other day on Twitter. He claimed that LeBron's – 16 championship was the the greatest championship of all time. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people started, you know, throwing out other uh, games. Dirk with the Mavs when he led them past the heat. Jordan against the Suns, he averaged 41 for the series. And the Suns put up like 115 a game. They were like a fucking well-oiled, like perfect machine. The Bulls' margin of victory was like one point per game. And so like MJ needed to be perfect to beat that team, and he was. But those teams and that competition – were fucking awesome. And I can't I, I can't stand the people who, who compare eras and like, yes, people are bigger, stronger, faster. They train harder. They train longer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you took those guys with mm-hmm. their competition and their skills and gave them that atmosphere, they would do those things, too. Facts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they weren't doing it in the 90s because that just wasn't what you did, right. but they would do it if that was their culture. So if you took Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Reggie Miller, fuck, that whole era of all top 50 players, and you gave them the same uh, training regiment, the same whatever, they would do it too, and they would be good at it too. So it's all relative, and the competition was plenty fucking good. You can't take that away from MJ.
0: Yeah, it's like you look at Reggie Miller and you're like, okay, now you can go out there and shoot 15 threes a game. I'm doing right. a match up. Imagine. You look at Michael Jordan and just the way he shot, his, just his jump shot was so pure. And he wasn't like a three-point shooter. Right. But if you tell him like, hey, you could go out there and you know put him up now. And as competitive as nuts as he is, you can't tell me that he wouldn't be like a 40% three-point shooter right. if that was the game. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah, He I'm wasn't crazy.
1: a sniper because – because you you weren't you didn't do that you went to the hole you fucking dunked it you mm-hmm. you know he would he would adapt to Michael Jordan can shoot a basketball come on like what like, it's, on? Not,
0: it's not like a couple of feet like make all that much of a difference right thing. right when right. you're because making it good the game good, you and you're you focused on perfect. it right. yes 100%. you'll be fine you'll be hundred so, um, percent let's 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 switch gears a little bit before we get Wait, to hold you out here hold on.
1: Yeah, yeah one second I just realized I got uh, Bob Saget at one. Forgot okay, yeah, we'll be done in like five minutes. All right, perfect. That was such a job, by the way. What a flex. I love I it.
0: mean, that's
1: <laughs> not even a flex. If you get to know him, he's a lunatic. He's like Dennis Rodman, bro. <laughs> all right,
0: continue. I, I don't even know him, and I know he's a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> um, yo, so obviously, that's all I want to get into right now, man. Uh, Answer the Internet, one of my favorite YouTube series anywhere, um, internet series anywhere. You find all these incredible people. I did one. Uh, a bunch of comedians have done a couple. Anybody famous that walks through the bar stool, obviously, yep do these answer to internet games, become a card game. How did the answer the internet start?
1: Uh, honestly, I got to give credit to the KFC radio listeners on this one. When I first started KFC radio back in 2012, uh, it was just me. And the only way I was, I wasn't really good enough yet to just talk solo. So I needed somebody to bounce off of. I didn't have a co-host. We couldn't take live calls. So we set up this voicemail line. And I, for whatever reason, the first crop of voicemails that we got It was a bunch of dudes like high and drunk in the middle of the night who would like call up this line and ask these crazy hypothetical questions. And so that was the first episode of my podcast. And that, you know, just begot more calls of the same type. So next thing I know, my podcast is basically like answering hypotheticals, talking about would you rather this or that? And so over the course of the next eight years, we end up, we have this catalog of like, 3,000 questions from fans, from from the internet. Some of them are classic, you know, things that have been floating around. So um, we we were like, let's just fucking ask our, our guests these questions. And then we realized, let's make it like its own segment, its own its own YouTube. And it's just like, it's kind of like what, what Barstool's great at is taking your favorite comedian, actor, whatever, and putting them in the same positions you're in. So when you're at the bar and you're like, could you beat LeBron one on one if you had mm. fucking you know robots, whatever? And all of a sudden, you get your favorite stars to, to act that same way. People seem to really uh, relate to it. Oh, so awesome. yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a good ride.
0: <laughs> well, I love it. Um, I, I didn't get the WWE job, so you can re-upload my episode. All right, like, all right, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, I gotta have you um, uh, uh, come
1: on KC Radio because we do gotta talk. I was thinking about you in this quarantine. Yeah, it, it's MJ and the Last Dance. Is you know. Front page news now. The WWE has been the only sports media company still going. Mm-hmm. And we got to talk about these IG live battles for the Ooh, producers.
0: Did you catch Teddy Riley and Babyface last yeah, night? What a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> How funny
1: that the two like old guys couldn't figure out the technology. And but They shit. made up for it. They made yeah, up for they it. Did. it got, they it did. Rolled.
0: Once they got the tech out the way, yeah. it was a hell of a
1: show. Well, man, I mean, Timbaland and Swiss have figured out, you know, this is gold – I was surprised at how much
0: uh, RZA was able to hang. We'll talk about it more See, uh, on my show. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this now. I know you got to get out of here. But yeah. Thank you so much for coming through, man. I'm going to come through the show as soon as you no. need me there. Uh, go talk to Saget. Tell him I said hi. We'll and, do, uh, say hey, congrats
1: on, on the new show, dude. You've been killing it. You, you're a busy man, bro. You got a lot going on. So well done. Thank you, man.
0: I appreciate that. You take it easy, bro. Have a good one, dude. You too. All right, and that is a wrap on today's episode of Say Less. Thank you to my guest, Kevin Clancy, a.k.a. KFC Radio of Barstool Sports and the Answer to the Internet. You can follow him at KFC Barstool on all social media platforms. As always, thank you for subscribing. You can watch this entire episode live in its entirety on YouTube.com slash Kazeem. Unedited, uncensored, unwrapped, on un- whatever the Shout-out to you guys sticking with me throughout this entire quarantine, throughout this entire social distancing that we're doing. The curve is starting to flatten. Things are going to start getting back to normal slowly, but surely we're getting there, people. It's working. So please, for the love of God, stay safe. Be kind to one another. Take your time. Wash your hands. Be good to yourself. Be good to one another. And I will catch you tomorrow. This is Kaz, and please say less.